Welcome into the Lombardi line. I am Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds live from the VEASAN studio inside the beautiful South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa on this 11th day of May, four days away from round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, nine days until the PGA Championship, 11 days from the NBA playoffs, and 122 days before they kick off the 2021 NFL season. Wes, good morning to you. With the NFL playoffs less than a couple weeks away, let's begin with the Tuesday card in the association. We've got the Nuggets at the Hornets, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Four games left to play, and Denver is in the four spot in the Western Conference, a game behind the Los Angeles Clippers. Charlotte is in the eight-hole out. East and they will be in the play-in round. The Nuggets have lost two straight, but they're favored here on the road by five and a half and a total of 219. Denver essentially has home court wrapped up, at least for the first round in the Western Conference with, I believe, Dallas four games back with four uh, left to play. So Denver basically playing for positioning here. And of course, you mentioned Charlotte in the eighth spot, two games back of Boston, who now got the news that Jalen Brown was going to be shut down for the rest of the season with an injury. So Charlotte maybe could catch them and try to get that 7-8 game in Bus City instead of having to go to Boston. You're seeing a little bit of movement, actually. It was 6.5 in the overnight, now down to 5.5, and, and I don't necessarily disagree with that move. I know Charlotte's been a little sketchy lately. They've had some... Uh, performances that maybe are head scratchers losing at home to the Pelicans, obviously now without Zion Williamson, without Brandon Ingram, and you lose at home. And then you also got blown out by the Bulls back on Thursday, May the 6th, just a few days ago. So it kind of begs the question, okay, why is Charlotte seeing the money? And it's maybe one of those, someone knows something that I don't know. And I kind of lean with the someones. And that's kind of the case here, I think with Charlotte, because Denver now, all of a sudden, they've been playing games against pretty much contenders mm-hmm. uh, for the last few days. They lost at home on Saturday. The Nets made a comeback, got the win in Denver. And then Denver had played at Utah the night before, lost by seven. Also had the Knicks come in, had a game at the Lakers, had a game at the Clippers. So this is probably, in terms of class, the lowest opponent that they've played so far in the month of May. So they're not seeing the money here, and they're clearly the better team. So I kind of lean with the Hornets here in this spot. I think uh, this could be a big game for them where you get a big effort. They get up for a big-name opponent. Obviously, they've been playing the Bulls and whatnot, and also the Pelicans. So there's a step up in class clearly for Charlotte. But I like them here in this spot as a home dog. The Heat at the Celtics, 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. This will be a rematch from this past weekend. Miami is in the sixth spot, two games ahead of Boston. So a win here for the Heat will almost guarantee that they will avoid the play-in round and the Celtics would be in it. Miami got the win and the cover over Boston on Sunday. They're favored by one and a half tonight with a total of 225. Yeah, and these two teams did play on Sunday. Miami gets the win. Boston made a little late run to make it interesting but Miami got the win pretty much a wire to wire job done on Boston now you have to look at kind of where the Celtics mindsets is in terms of now that Jalen Brown is going to undergo season ending surgery on his left wrist they also might be without Robert Williams III who has a a foot issue so you've got some uh, a short rotation really for Boston they're going to have to adjust both the starting lineup and then of course off the bench 
on the season with Jalen Brown, Celtics plus 1.8 point in terms of a margin per 100 possessions, but without him, just plus 1.1. So they're obviously going to have to rely heavily on Jason Tatum. But can Jason Tatum really go 48 minutes a night? And it's almost like that's what they're going to need. And I'm not sure he is going to able be able to do that. So you have the heat now shorter number here, one and a half. I think they were getting a point on Sunday's meeting. So there has been the adjustment made on the basis of the last uh, results. So if Robert Williams isn't able to go already with that down Jalen Brown, you got to think this is going to be a big game for Bam Adebayo down low. So if you have markets where you can bet maybe some player props, maybe look at Bam Adebayo over points or over rebounds if that's available to you, given your book of choice. So Heat pretty much can secure a, a six seed here with the win. Boston really, and after losing four of their last five, I can't really make a case, even though the Celtics are getting a little bit of the money. This was two in the overnight, and now it's one and a half. So I don't know if this is one that really looks too easy. I'm probably going to stay away from the side in the total, and I think probably the best approach is Bam Adebayo in terms of his props. What about the fallen hero theory? Uh, now, you allude to the Boston Celtics could be in trouble going forward without Jalen Brown, but for this one game tonight, this isolated contest, would you lean on that maybe with Boston? Maybe that's possibly what the betters are thinking here. Yeah, and that's what's going to keep me off Miami here in terms of the side. I mean, what we saw on Sunday, they basically dominated. I know the margin they really of, did. of yeah. victory was a lot closer than I think really how the game played out. Miami was getting everything they want. They had almost 80 points in the first half. I think it was like 79 to 53, if memory serves me correctly, was the halftime score. Boston made a little bit of a run in the fourth quarter, but... You just look at that, and it almost like seems too easy for the Miami Heat because they can totally clinch the sixth spot at bare minimum tonight, and they're only laying two on the road against the Celtics team that's down at least their second-best player in Jalen Brown. So that's what's going to keep me off the side here. The Clippers at the Raptors. Toronto's been eliminated from the postseason, but Los Angeles is trying to avoid slipping into the four-hole out in the Western Conference. Clippers are laying a big number on the road here. 12.5 to 17.5 is your total. Yeah, and Toronto very shorthanded here. Kyle Lowry not going to go. Pascal Siakam not going to go. OG Ananobi not going to go. No Fred Van Vliet. No Rodney Hood. Chris Boucher. <laughs> Who is playing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's probably the better way to look at it is like, okay, process of elimination. Who's going to be out there? And I don't really know for Toronto, and that's why you're seeing 12 and a half. They're obviously eliminated, and really they were kind of, you know, hanging by a thread before they got officially eliminated. They've just had so many injuries this year and the COVID issues have hit certain teams harder than others. And I think it's hit Toronto a little bit, 12 and a half big number to lay on the road for the, for the Clippers here really. And right now I think that they are in the three seed by one game over Denver. So now you've got the Clippers, basically they're done at home. So now they have to end the year with the four-game road trip, starting tonight in Toronto, then they have Charlotte, then they have Houston, then they close with Oklahoma City. So right now you've got only one playoff team in those four. So you would think this is going to be a very successful road trip for the Clippers. 
I'm not going to lay it. I don't want to take Toronto, though, with not knowing who's going to be in the lineup and even if they're going to have enough healthy bodies. But you're certainly paying a tax here already on L.A. Well, without the healthy bodies and the situation for the Raptors, they may be kind of mailing it in here. I could probably only go with the Clippers, but uh, I, I am not going to play it at 12 and a half either. The 76ers at the Pacers, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Philadelphia looks like they will own the top spot in the Eastern Conference, now with a three-game lead and four games left to play. Indiana currently in the nine hole, just a half game ahead of Washington, but they own a three-game margin over Chicago. So it looks like they are firmly planted in the play-in round. Sixers are a road favorite here by five and a half at BetMGM with a total of 234. Yes, Sixers right now are very... Uh, close to clinching here, really, in the Eastern Conference, that number one seed. They have a a three-game lead with four to play. You have a game at Indiana, you have a game at Miami, and then you close with two games with the Orlando Magic, long eliminated from the playoffs. So we shall see who's going to go tonight, if they're going to try to squeeze in a rest for Embiid. He is questionable tonight. Matisse Thibault is going to miss with a hand injury. Furkan Korkmaz still battling that ankle issue. He is not going to go for Philadelphia. Seth Curry and Ben Simmons are going to go so it's kind of that middle line right now with Embiid out of the lineup if he was in I think you'd be seeing seven and a half or eight here in this spot with Philadelphia Malcolm Brogdon also has been battling a hamstring issue so he is currently questionable for the Indiana Pacers lean a little bit to the Pacers but you're basically I think if you're betting this game and we see this often with Philadelphia you're betting this game kind of banking on, okay, what is going to happen here with Philadelphia? Who is going to be playing? They haven't played since Saturday, so obviously rest not necessarily an issue. And they don't have a back-to-back because they're going to play not until Thursday after they play that game tonight. So six basically is where it is right now. You're seeing some five-and-a-halves. I think BetMGM currently has five-and-a-half on Philadelphia. Small lean to the Pacers. They did have a heartbreaking loss on Saturday against the Washington Wizards in overtime. And then last night they did have to make a comeback. They got down against Cleveland. I think they were down seven ended up winning by nine so they pulled away in the second half but obviously a step up in class small lean to the Pacers but not with a lot of conviction the Nets at the Bulls Chicago's hopes are very slim as they are two and a half games shy of making it into the play-in round while Brooklyn has a one-game lead over Milwaukee for second place in the Eastern Conference Nets are a four and a half point favorite on the road with a total of 232 Brooklyn's really been on the road for a while, pretty much the entire month so far, having to play four games. This is their fifth game, final game on the road trip, and then they get three at home. So you wonder if these guys maybe are a little road weary, even though they got a nice win at Denver on Saturday because they had really struggled on this road trip, losing two in Milwaukee, losing in Dallas. So they finally got a win on this road trip. Bulls are basically hanging on. They're going to need some help, and they're going to need to start winning some games. So these these trades that they made at the deadline have not worked in terms of if that was the goal to go ahead and get them in the playoffs this year. They have not very much. They have not accomplished that at all. Small lean, though, to the Bulls just in the situation because, you know, maybe Brooklyn kind of just wants to get home. Brooklyn knows they're three games back, so they might be resigned to the fact of, okay, we might be the two or the three here. So we'll see if maybe they're a little bit more judicious. That being Steve Natch, the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, is a little bit more judicious in terms of resting some of the stars. James Harden, of course, still out with the hamstring issues. So 
we shall see. You're seeing a little bit of movement toward the bull side in certain markets, down to four and a half, quite a few places. Still some fives out there. I would lean with the home dog in the spot. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That was a big win at Denver over the weekend. So maybe a little bit of a exhale here, taking on a much lesser opponent in the Chicago Bulls. Chicago obviously very much needs the victory. Uh, and, and, you know, the Nets need the victory, too, to maintain that spot at number two in the East. But uh, I could see a little bit of a letdown here for the Nets and would take the points before before I laid it. The Mavericks at the Grizzlies. Dallas has really been rolling down the stretch. They've won four straight and eight of their last ten. They're in the five hole, a half game ahead of Portland in the Western Conference, while Memphis is in the nine hole, a half game behind Golden State. Mavericks a short road favorite here at one and a half, 227 and a half is your total. Luka Doncic did get ejected on the Sunday game at Cleveland. He is probable, though. No suspension. It doesn't look like. Kristaps Porzingis, not going to go for the Dallas Mavericks. You're seeing now it down to one and a half. A couple of these out there today where you got some small road favorites where the home dogs are getting a little bit of support. Mavericks looking for five straight. Memphis kind of is what they are, 35 and 33. They've basically been around 500 most of the year. They can still perhaps catch Golden State and get in that eight spot if they want to go ahead and play the Lakers in that 7-8 matchup. Or if they stay right where they are, they're probably going to get the San Antonio Spurs who are – very much struggling, even though they got a big win uh, by a sizable margin over Milwaukee last night. So, that was really big. Yeah, yeah, 87 points in the first half, by the way, for the Spurs, for a Bucks defense that had been playing better. I, I didn't know where to really go with this game. I think uh, the the line is about fair. Dallas is certainly on a roll, so you it's you don't sometimes as betters we like to get in front of these streaks, and sometimes we get in front of them too quickly and too prematurely, and then you get into that kind of stubborn pattern of okay, this is the spot here, this is the spot to go against, and then before you know it, you got three or four losses before you finally your stubbornness works out and you get a win, but nevertheless you're still down money. So lean Dallas here, but not going to bet this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Dallas is a freight train right now that's on a pretty good run. And uh, who knows how that Luka thing over the weekend affects them, if it affects them at all. But uh, I I think they're clearly the better team here than the Memphis Grizzlies. And, you know, it's kind of like ever since Luka said, you know, I don't know about this play-in thing. And we Mm. were saying, we'll just win games. They have. Yeah. (laughs) They've really started to win games. Yeah, there's your solution. Easiest said and done. The Magic at the Bucks. Speaking of the Milwaukee Bucks, losers on Monday night to the San Antonio Spurs. This is a 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern start against the Orlando Magic. And Orlando has long been eliminated from the postseason. But Milwaukee is still trying to leapfrog Brooklyn for that two-hole in the Eastern Conference. They're trailing Brooklyn by just a game. The Bucks are laying nearly a couple of touchdowns here tonight. 13 with a total of 230 and a half. And Orlando, despite the fact that they are searching for healthy bodies to try to play is getting a little bit of the money. It was 14 now down to 13. There's some 13 and halves down there, including down at Circa. But with what you saw with Milwaukee last night, it's kind of tough to lay that 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 number here with the Bucks. They didn't cover against the Hornets or the not the Hornets, the Rockets either on Saturday, who are long eliminated from the playoffs. Another team that's kind of the walking wounded, but they gave up 146 in San Antonio last night, 87 of them in the first half. So 
tough to really lay that big number with Milwaukee, even though they have so much more to play for. I think it's really just the number, too. People aren't necessarily betting on Orlando. They're mm-hmm. just like, I don't want to lay that many points. I'll well, take Well, when it. you saw that defensive effort from Milwaukee last night, you kind of have to wonder, because this is a San Antonio team that they played last night that does not shoot the three very well, and they take some of the fewest attempts in the league. They take most of their stuff from mid-range or from two-point range, and Milwaukee couldn't guard them. Yeah, and that's really been the uh, fly in the ointment for Milwaukee in the playoffs. Uh, of course, that was what got Miami to the finals. Uh, really uh, have, for the last few years, not been a team that is good at defending the three-pointer. We'll come back and wrap up the West Coast NBA with a couple more games. The Lakers are in action against the Knicks, and the Suns will be visiting the Golden State Warriors. Two more games to get to. Two good contests as we get started here on the Lombardi Line on a Tuesday. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Every week, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you inside the Lombardi line, and we continue the Tuesday card in the NBA, and we've got two games out on the West Coast for the nightcap. They will both tip at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, and a couple of good ones, Wes. Uh, The Suns at the Warriors. Phoenix is still a game and a half behind Utah for first place in the Western Conference. They are off of a loss to the Lakers, while the Warriors are on a back-to-back after beating the Jazz on Monday night. The Suns are favored here on the road, laying five with a total of 230. Yeah, Curry got the game winner and then eventually had a couple foul shots at the end to make it a three-point win as a two-point home underdog. So, Looking here at the line uh, last night, it's like the Suns are behind the Jazz in the standings, yet the Jazz were only two-point favorites. Now the Suns are five-point favorites. Of course, the Jazz without Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. So that, of course, the reason for the discrepancy. But I kind of lean Phoenix here, minus five. Now they're looking up at Utah. They were tied with them, or they were ahead of them for that number one seed in the West. Now they're a game and a half back, so they want to keep pace. Of course, they have made it their intentions very clear that that the number one seed really mattered to them. So they're going to try to get that at the all-star break uh, since the all-star break really for the Phoenix Suns, number two, in offensive rating in the league, number three, an effective field goal percentage. So the offense has been firing on all cylinders. The defense has kind of moved back to about the middle of the pack, but the offense has been so good that that's been able to mask that now golden state. They are finishing on a homestand. I think uh, they're in the midst. I, I think they were finishing with their final five or six games at 
home in San Francisco, and they certainly have another one tonight. The defense has really carried them most of the year. Fifth in defensive rating, third in effective field goal percentage. The offense, not so much. 23rd in the league. And really, the key for Golden State, if if Steph Curry is bombing threes and making them like he did last night, they're going to be in games and they're going to win a lot of them. If he's not, then they're not. So far this season, Golden State 16 and 23 as an underdog this season. I believe that would make them 18 and 12 as a favorite against the spread. So I kind of like Phoenix here, minus five in the spot. It's not really that back-to-back thing necessarily for Golden State. I just think that this is going to be a big game for them. Golden State got the emotional win. More than likely, they could get the Lakers in that 7-8, even though Memphis is only a half a game back. But I would lay up the five with the Phoenix Suns tonight. Yeah, I could see Phoenix bouncing back after that. Uh, it was a pretty tough loss they took to the Lakers on Sunday. They really got hammered. Never had much of a chance in that game at all. I could see them rebounding here this evening. The Knicks at the Lakers. New York is in the fourth spot out east, just a half a game ahead of the Atlanta Hawks. And the Lakers are really on the fence of either avoiding the play-in round or being in it. They're currently in the seven hole, which would put them in the play-in round. They are a uh, game and a half behind the Portland Trailblazers for that sixth spot, which would keep them out of the play-in round. And off of that big win over Phoenix, L.A. is a home favorite here by 5 to 13 and a half year total looks like LeBron is expected to return for the LA Lakers and actually now I see he's downgraded to out there have been several different updates I thought he was going to give it a go but at last check it looks like he is not going to be in the lineup five and a half currently to number 214 214 and a half currently the total I was almost going to lean to the Lakers tonight in the spot just because this is the last game of this long road trip for the New York Knicks. They've been on the road, much like the Brooklyn Nets. They've been on the road pretty much the entire month of May so far. So they're going to end that trip tonight before they get three games back in the garden. So you wonder if maybe this is a road-weary team in its fifth game here to start May. So I was kind of leaning the Lakers at this spot. But five and a half, if, even if LeBron doesn't go, I think it's probably pretty fair. I'm going to end up staying out of this one. Yeah, I'm not going to play it either. But, you know, you and I were talking about the Knicks versus the Clippers over the weekend on the green zone on Sunday. And I thought seven and a half was too many to give the Knicks. They end up winning that game Mm -hmm. outright. I think it's too many for the Lakers to give the Knicks here this evening as well. Um, You're right about uh, the road weariness for the New York Knicks. But if I had to do anything with this game, I, I would take the points. I thought that Laker effort over Phoenix was maybe a little bit of an outlier without Mm -hmm. LeBron in the lineup. Because AD went off that night. I think he had like 42. He had a heck of a game. I don't think he missed a single free throw either. We'll come back and talk about the PGA Championship, the second major of the year coming up in the world of golf and also on the program right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. vcin.com has the latest lines and odds for every game on the board tonight. Track the line movements with live charts, get estimated scores for every matchup and all the betting information you need to stay on top of the action. For line movement, check uh, today's game between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat versus what the line was on Sunday. 
You can do that all at vsin.com. You can also use our parlay calculator to figure out payouts, get all of our betting 101 information, including definitions of the betting terms we use right here on the Sports Betting Network. Start your day's sports betting research for free at vsin.com. It is the Lombardi line, Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you talking a little golf. Of course, the Byron Nelson is the final tune-up before the PGA Championship. It'll be the 103rd PGA Championship teeing off on Thursday, May 20th on Kiowa Island, South Carolina's Ocean Course, a Pete Dye design that hosted the 1991 Ryder Cup and also the 2012 PGA Championship. And after his victory this past weekend at the Wells Fargo Championship, Rory McIlroy has become the new tournament favorite at 10-1 to 1 West. Dustin Johnson, who, by the way, has withdrawn from the Byron Nelson this week, citing knee soreness. He is at 12-1, to 1, along with John Rahm and Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, and Jordan Spieth at 14-1 to 1 to win the PGA Championship. Yeah, Rory was 16-1 to 1 before he won at Quail Hollow. So we mentioned Quail Hollow and then obviously this coast, course, the ocean course at Kiwa Island, were two places where he's had success before. So we knew that we weren't going to get big drifts on Rory based on his form. And it's kind of like when you're a top 10 to 20 player in the world, and Rory McIlroy has obviously been not in great form and not been playing up to his usual elite standards. He had fell to 15 in the world mm -hmm. in the official world golf ranking. Which and seems like a, a really low yeah, spot it for seems him. like he might as well be ranked out of the top 100 <laughs> yeah. based on how he played. But now he's back up to seven. And it just goes to show the elite players, even when they're kind of out of form, are never all that far away. And Rory McIlroy certainly is one of those. So he is now adjusted to the top of the board. Of course, he waylaid this field back in 2012. And that was about, I think, a 7,676 was the official yardage. Somebody I saw on Twitter had downloaded the PGA Championship app on their phone for next week. And it gave the yardage at 78.76. I don't know if that means, okay, that's the highest yardage they can play from the tips of the tees or not. So probably it's going to be somewhere in between. But this is an absolute slog of a course. And it's going to be a lot to get through. So you would think, okay, that doesn't mean just bet bomber, bomber, bomber. But you would think it's going to favor some long hitters. So I haven't bet very many guys yet at the top of the board. I probably will take of that elite group of about six to eight. I probably at least will have one in my pocket, maybe even two. Bryson DeChambeau or John Rahm would kind of be in the teens who I'm looking at right now simply because they gain so much off the tee. And you're going to have to gain off the tee here, I think, if you're going to win. But I haven't been, and I mentioned that last week, I haven't been in a rush really to bet these guys because there's not going to be that much of a drift, even though we no. saw 16 to one to 10 to one for Rory. But even if he hadn't drifted that much, he was still going to be one of the favorites because he had won here back in 2012, the last time they had the PGA at Kiwa Island. So when you're looking at this, you're just not going to see a lot of movement amongst those leaders. It's like, well, maybe I get Rom if he doesn't play well this week. Maybe he goes to 13 to 1. Yeah, it's or not something like that. You're not getting somebody where it's like, okay, they were 12 to 1, and then next week you're going to be 18 to 20 to 1, where there's going to be a real difference on a drift. So I'm not in a rush to get to get those guys. I've played a couple guys already. I played uh, Victor Hovland, mm -hmm. and I've played Scotty Scheffler. Victor Hovland, 
I got like 33 to one Scotty in the forties. And I had one long bomber and Jason Kokrak. I'm probably going to work on that later today and see if I can add one or two, maybe kind of in that middle price range. But in terms of betting the shorter guys, I'm not going to do that until the week of. We had Ryan Brickley on long shots last week, and he spoke to how difficult and intimidating this course is. We'll have Colt Nost on long shots this week. Uh, of course, he's played this course before, and I'm sure he'll attest to how difficult it is. Uh, you talk about the length of the course. I'm guessing 78, 76, or what have you, roughly 7,900 yards. That's probably as much as they can stretch it out to. Mm-hmm. From the tournament tees, the slope rating on this course is 144. And to give you an idea, wing foot where they held the U.S. Open last summer was supposed to be the hardest thing in the world. Slope rating was 140. So mm-hmm. by the, by that measurement, this course is more difficult than winged foot. Also, if you look at the ocean courses rating, it is 77.3. Now, what that number represents is it's a par 72 course. If you have a robot and you put him out on the course and all he does, this robot is uh, programmed to just make par, he's going to shoot 77.3 on this course. So he's got, you know, a guy that all he does is shoot par is going to shoot more than five over here. Now, also, they have compared this course to Pete Dye's whistle. Straits, and for comparison purposes, Whistling Straits has a slope rating of 146 and a rating of 78.1. So Whistling Straits and Kiowa, both pretty similar as far as level of difficulty. Looks like we'll have 10 to 15 miles an hour of wind, some isolated thunder showers possibly. I think the conditions and the difficulty has given the PGA or the PGA of America probably everything they want to produce a great test uh, coming up next week. And if you're going, obviously, this was uh, now nine years ago when the 2012 PGA was held if the wind is going to blow you would think that that would favor some international players Mm -hmm. and certainly if you look at the results of 2012 seven of the top 10 on the leaderboard were Europeans Rory McIlroy and you even had some less than I don't want to say obscure names but less than well-known names David Lynn Carl Pedersen from Sweden Ian Poulter Justin Rose Jamie Donaldson Peter Hansen those guys were in the top 10 so you've got a fair amount of young European tour players. Now, this is going to be like their first major, some of these guys, like Rasmus Hoyard or Sam Horsfield, Garrick Higo from South Africa. So, one of these young guns is probably going to go pretty well here. It's just kind of figuring out who it might be, but not a bad idea if you have a few European players in your pocket. You wonder if Sam Horsfield has played this course before and has some experience with it because he went to college at not too far away, University of Florida in Gainesville. This track is probably, I'm guessing, about a four-hour, maybe five-hour drive from there. But with all, you know, playing at the University of South Carolina. Probably you know, some SEC right. tournaments have been played here, you would think. Yeah, so uh, we will talk with Colt Nost on long shots uh, a little later today. Obviously preview the Byron Nelson with him, but also get some of his thoughts on the upcoming PGA Championship. I'm really excited for it. I think you and I both, Wes, we like to see a major that's really difficult, but also allows for some birdies. Maybe a winning mm-hmm. score of somewhere between six and eight under par where, you know, you can have some magic happen, but we don't want it too easy either. And it looks like we've got a good combination coming up this yeah, week. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully we get some drama unless it's one of my guys on the lead and then I want him up by about eight shots. (laughs) That was like Dustin Johnson at the Masters in November for me. That was a a rocking chair win. We will speak with Will Hill next, see if he's got a couple of rocking chair winners right here on the Lombardi line on VSIN.
the sports betting excitement with BetMGM, and you can win $100 for a $1 money line wager on the Lakers or the Knicks. And if either team hits a three-pointer, you win. Just use the bonus code VSIN100 and get in the ring with the king of sports books so that you can turn game time into showtime. Simply download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details and use the promo code VSIN100. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. It excludes Michigan dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 800-889-9789 in Tennessee. And 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. The promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Will Hill joins the program now, as he does regularly here on the Lombardi Line. You can find his work in Point Spread Weekly. That comes out on Wednesday. You can follow him on Twitter at not the Will Hill. And Will, you're a little bit all over the board with some picks today. A little baseball, a little basketball. Where do you want to start, my friend? I think we'll go, we'll go with the Suns here. I like this pick. I, I think the Warriors off a of back-to-back. Now, of course, that's built into the number. But I think the Suns, there's going to be an onus this last week to play well because they really haven't played well the last 10 days. And for me, for my money, you know, they've been the best team all year, just night to night. Uh, you know, Utah's had their ups and downs. You can't really count anything from the East because, you know, the, the, the West and the East is just a different kettle of fish. And, you know, the Lakers and the Nets have maybe have more talent, but the Suns have really night to night just kind of brought it every night. In the last 10 days, you know, they beat the Thunder by three. Uh, you know, they had that crazy cover against the Cavs in overtime. But look, when you go to overtime, that's a game you could lose, obviously. Uh, the Hawks beat them by 30. The Knicks led them most of the way. So I, th- I think they'll be, have an onus here to bounce back and, and finish the season strong. So I'll lay the points here with the Suns. I'm with you on this one, Will. We were talking about this in the opening segment with uh, the Phoenix Suns. Of course, Warriors on a back-to-back. Warriors looked like they were going to blow it at the end. Then Curry makes a big three to take the lead. They end up getting the outright win as small underdogs. And now they're getting five with a team that is chasing the Utah Jazz. Of course, Utah without Donovan Mitchell and Michael Conley. But I thought five was kind of cheap. I thought that this might be about like six and a half, maybe even seven. But uh, Warriors, I think at home, home in terms of as a home underdog not been that great against the spread this year so I'm absolutely with you on that one but let's go over to the diamond now we don't have I believe a listed pitcher so this is kind of like a targeted wager tonight but that being the San Diego Padres against the Colorado Rockies I'm still trying to find if Colorado has announced a starter but you're looking to go with the team total on the Padres with the over five and a half and think that they might get the bats going here at Coors Canaveral. Yeah, maybe the thing I saw was wrong, but I, I saw the same pitchers as yesterday, Lamette versus Sentazella. Okay. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I just thought they would hit Sentazella. You know, he's guy, he's coming off an injury, just bad numbers, bad ERA, bad FIP. That, that's a, a ballpark that's obviously conducive to a lot of runs against a really good Padres lineup. I would look to talk the, to uh, play the Padres. We talked about it yesterday with Lamette. Only pitched, I think, a handful of innings, four innings this year, two innings his last start. It looked a few weeks ago like he was headed for Tommy John and had a little forearm injury. It was all the signs of Tommy John, but I guess they just tried to rehab it and uh, and, and pitch through it. 
So I'm a little leery of him. He, he didn't strike anybody out his last start either, so that makes me a little nervous. So I'll just kind of isolate my handicap to the Padres, and I think they should put up some runs against Santazella, assuming it is him tonight. Yeah, I have seen that pitching matchup listed as well, but I still don't have a lineup on the game here, it looks like, in Las Vegas. But I, I believe it will be uh, Lamette and Senzatella. Uh, will, let's talk about uh, another game in the National League West, and that is the Giants hosting the American League West representative, Texas Angels. And I spoke about this game on Monday. I thought it was a, a tough spot for the Rangers. They've really been playing great baseball. I think they've won nine out of 12 now. Uh, but they worked so hard to get to 500. Despite winning all those games, it got them just to 500. And, and maybe they just kind of exhale and they go on the road to a very tough ballpark to play at in San Francisco. And, of course, they suffered the loss on Monday. How do you break down round two this afternoon by the Bay? Yeah, like you said, the Rangers have played well. The Giants have played well, and it's amazing. It's already been, what, 10, 11 years since this was a, a World Series. Not that long ago. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but it is. Um, yeah, I think the Rangers are a regression candidate. You know, they've kind of been punching above their weight. To me, Lyles is a guy you just bet against. He's already given up, I think, nine homers, 70 RA, just a lot of hard contact, a lot of base runners, nothing really to like. And if you look at the surface web, his numbers aren't great. is not great, but he's a positive regression candidate for me. Uh, gets a lot of ground balls. Sometimes those ground balls find holes, but his FIPS a lot better. His FIPS in the lower threes. And, and the Giants have played really well here, too. So, you know, you could lay the 153. 153, that's pretty cheap. Maybe you lay a, a half a run through the first five. There's a, a few different ways to go at this, but I'm going to be looking to play the Giants here today. And to your point, Will, Webb, in terms of the ERA, 552, but 349 on the XFIP. So a two-run difference there. And, and I like the way that you handicap that kind of the same way I do, is looking more at the fielding independent pitching rather than looking at the ERA. So perhaps some positive regression here for Logan Webb on the San Francisco side. But late night game here, Miami and Arizona mad bum after the no hitter in Atlanta and I'm going to still call it a no hitter even though it was seven innings got the win over Colorado so then it was kind of like the fade after the fade spot because everybody wants to fade the next time out but maybe it's the time after that time where you do that and mad bum did take the L against Miami in his last start and he's getting him again with Pablo Lopez coming on the mound for the Miami Marlins mad bum currently 491 on the ERA 425 on the XFIP, so a little bit better on that fielding independent pitching, but you're going with Miami tonight. Yeah, it's one of those uh, scheduling quirks where we saw this game five days ago. Uh, Lopez beat Bumgarner. Bumgarner's actually pitched a little better than I thought. He had a couple of really bad outings. He was a guy who was looking to fade, diminish velocity. He's actually pitched okay, a little better than I thought. Lopez is a guy I really like. Now, it's not quite the Gromes, but he just has gotten no run support. Uh, you know, really good numbers, and especially if you want to take the approach of throw out the, the the lowest test score. He got bombed in Atlanta. I think gave up six runs. That's only he's only given up nine all year. So he's been unbelievable in, in his other starts. Always been a bit of an analytics darling. You know, weak contact, a lot of swings and misses. Some of the surface numbers, the ERA weren't always there. Last year was was kind of a breakout year for him, and uh, you know he's continued into this year. So I think you're, the wrong team is probably favored in this one. The Marlins are good. They're feisty. That you know the run differential is uh, is encouraging. Really good bullpen. Um, you know, Diamondbacks, they hit lefties better than they do righties. So I'll take the uh, the Marlins here as a small dog. Yeah, the run differential for Miami is um, far superior to that of the Arizona Diamondbacks. We'll see what happens later this evening in the other desert. Will, uh, Wes and I were discussing the Knicks at the Lakers earlier in the program, and I think this one is kind of difficult to handicap. I, I think it's maybe a little too many points to give the Knicks. The Lakers had that great effort on Sunday over the 
Phoenix Suns. Which way do you lean in this game? Which way? I, I know you don't have a play on it, but which way would you be headed? Well, I like your line. This game is difficult to handicap. You can assign that to just about every NBA game tonight, the rest of the week, the last few months of the NBA, because it's just been, man, unless you're fading the thunder or something, which even then they've had their covers now and then. Uh, I, I agree. I see. I saw four and a half open up to five and a half. So much of it is dependent on LeBron, how much he, he plays, how healthy is he? Some of the reports were that he, you know, he looked great in practice. Now, is he, is he a full go for tonight? Have we got that confirmed or not yet? I think he's out. I, Wes, you said he's out. Yeah. Oh, he uh, they, they've changed it, and it's five and okay. a half currently on the number, and that's basically what it was in the overnight. But it looked like he was going to go. Now they're saying he's not. According to this morning's report, he's been downgraded to out this evening. Yeah, I think if you get up to five and a half, maybe even six, I think that's worth a play on the Knicks with, with no LeBron. I was kind of back and forth based on the status, the uncertainty of LeBron, but I'm with you that it's probably a point or two high. Well, let's go to the other New York team, that being the Brooklyn Nets, and they are facing the Chicago Bulls tonight. Minus five, there's some four and a half out there with the Nets being favored on the road. Nets have been on the road, much like the Knicks, pretty much the entire month of May and the end of the line on their road trips before they both conclude with homestands. With Brooklyn here, they're laying five and obviously still trying to keep pace. I don't know if reality set in because they're now three games back of Philadelphia with only four games left to play. So the likelihood of getting that number one seed in the East probably not going to happen. Chicago just clinging the playoff spot here, perhaps, or trying to get back in to that 10 spot, two and a half back. What do you make of this one? Because I was kind of looking at this and I've seen Chicago take a little bit of money. The Nets obviously are closer to getting where they want to be than Chicago is right now. But do you buy into maybe the fact that this is a little bit of a road weary team now, the final game of the trip, and then they conclude with three games at home to end the season? Yeah, I mean, I think what it comes down to is how bad do the Nets care about the two versus the three seed? I mean, look, they haven't really cared about the one seed. They played the Sixers a game, you know, two or three weeks ago where they had huge one seed implications, tiebreaker implications, and they kind of just punted on the game. They sat everybody. Remember, they, that line moved to eight or nine, and they ended up losing the game. I think they covered, but they, they ended up losing the game. So I think they're just kind of – they don't really care about seeding home field advantage, home field home court advantage. So I, I would lean towards taking the points here. I mean, they, they really have turned it on and off all year down the stretch, so – I would lean towards taking the Bulls here with the points. That makes it a consensus. Wes and I feel that way as well. Will, uh, before we let you go, we've got uh, the Byron Nelson this week, the final tune-up before the PGA Championship. Uh, do you have anything in pocket for the Nelson, and uh, do you have anything for the PGA yet, Will? Well, this is the last you guys are going to see me because Will Gordon's going to win this week at 300 to one. I'm going to be on an island by myself. You guys are never going to hear from me. I'm just kind of tempted by, you know, the, the ball striking ability. I think this is a course where maybe, uh, you know, some of his shortcomings can be masked a little bit. So I'll take a look at Gordon in some of the top tens, top twenties, maybe even throw a 300 to one. In there. Will, he was actually somebody I did look at this week because this is a big course with very wide fair race here. TPC Craig Ranch, and he is one of the bigger hitters on the tour. I mean, he's out there hitting with Bryson so you know that this kid out of Vanderbilt very new to the PGA Tour he can really get it out there so maybe this is a course where he can actually really go well with these wide forgiving fairways yeah Will you said you'll be out there on an island if you hit Will Gordon you'll be in Kiowa Island relaxing watching the PGA Championship <laughs> right that's good that's very good all right my friend well uh, you do your part as we let you go go ahead VEASAN.com slash horses. I'm, I'm pumping that for this week. We got the Preakness. It's a good time to check that out. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Check it all out. Check, check out long shots. 
Appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. All right, Will. Take care. We'll do it again next time, buddy. You enjoy the games on your Tuesday. That is Will Hill. Follow him at Twitter or on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. Certainly the topic of horses is a hot one right now. We'll come back. Hour number one wrapping up here on the Lombardi line. Talk some baseball next on VSIN. <laughs> 